this episode of IT Visionaries, Aaron Gerlitz returns to discuss with Ian the CIO Roundtable number two episode. Aaron breaks down for the listeners exactly what it means to be a vendor versus a partner. He details his favorite vendor story and then reveals how the voice of the customer is one of the most important feedback loops for a company to keep an eye on. This podcast is sponsored by the Lightning Platform by Salesforce. Salesforce just introduced the Lightning Platform Mobile, the low-code mobile app development platform that empowers anyone to easily build, publish, and manage AI-powered mobile apps for employees and for customers. Find out more at salesforce.com slash build mobile apps. Welcome to another episode of IT Visionaries. I'm Ian Faison, Chief Content Officer here at Mission.org. And I have, from a very undisclosed location, our good friend and producer and a skier, Aaron Gerlitz. Hey, how's it going, man? It's going good. So you're in Park City, Utah, is that right? Yep. Spending a week out here with my dad, trying to get some fresh snow before the season ends. And of course, when I put the IT bat signal in the air and said, Aaron, we had a fun episode. I want to talk to you about it. You responded, which is what we love about you. So we had an awesome episode that we aired recently, the CIO roundtable number two. And we had three awesome CIOs on, Alvin Antar of Zora, Paul Chapman from Box, and Mark Settle from Okta. And we talked about a bunch of stuff, but one of the topics that we kind of went into a little bit there that you have a lot of experience with that I wanted to kind of talk about, talk about what we talked about with them, which is about vendors and vendor management and vendor relations and kind of what this means for IT professionals. And you had some, you had some pretty interesting thoughts. So I wanted to bring you on the show for today. So uh, yeah, I guess kind of like initial thoughts. What, what were you thinking when, um, when you heard the episode and when uh, you, you kind of heard these three IT visionaries chatting about vendors. Oh, yeah. I thought it was really interesting to get their perspective, right? They, they've got a completely different perspective than I do in, in my role as a project manager um, and at the manager level. So hearing some of the similarities and some of the advice that I was like, oh, that connects with me. That's something that's helped me having a, a good relationship with a vendor and, and then putting words to it really, um, it was interesting to hear it. And definitely the, I mean, the immediate thing, the vendor is a dirty word that came up at the end, I thought was, was kind of funny. The quote they used was uh, one hand in the pocket and one hand around your throat. And uh, as I thought about that, I was like, yeah, vendor is kind of a dirty word, but I think we throw it around probably when you're establishing a relationship, when you have someone you're working with that you don't really trust or you're having issues with them, as opposed to when you have a good relationship, a working relationship with someone that you're whether it's a SaaS provider or a different vendor that you have, maybe on the infrastructure side, you really refer to them more as a partner using different terms like that, you know? Yeah, it's a great point. And all of the relationships that I've built over the years where, you know, we talked about being partners and, you know, this is a partnership and all that sort of stuff. You have great relationships with when you are, when you feel like a vendor and you feel like you are, you know, have that have that hand around your throat sort of a thing, it's definitely not great. Do you think that specifically with like IT vendor relations that this is a little bit more tenuous? Because I think, you know, part of this, part of what they were talking about, you know, CIOs working with CIOs, specifically when you're selling to CIOs, is something where 
you know, the two CIOs are working together on this partnership. And then at some point, someone else is going to have to manage this relationship. Now, if there's problems, you can escalate that up to, you know, the CIO and they talk to the other one and they might be able to figure it out. But kind of in the meantime, a lot of that is not done, obviously, at that level. So when it comes to management, how is it different or how have you seen some like kind of best practices that way or some of the things that they talked about in a more like managerial manner? So first, I think, yeah, IT relationships are probably different than a and different vendor relationship, like a business side vendor relationship. And I could think of like a staff augmentation relationship where you're working with the company just to get a body in place to, to run some part of the business for you. That almost, and granted, I'm coming from the IT perspective. So sometimes I manage those contracts and it's just a little bit easier because if the person doesn't work, work out, you have a vendor that will come in and help you out and work through it. Whereas opposed to when you have an IT vendor contract there, there's specific deliverables, right? And it's not so easy to just shift from one deliverable to another or, or say, Hey, we can't actually do that. Or this is taking, you know, months or, or whatever weeks longer than we expected. It's, it's definitely a different type of conversation and all of that. So there's definitely a difference and some nuances, but then I think going to operationally after you say you, get a new contract with a, with a SaaS provider and you go through all the implementation strategies, get all your integrations set up, set up your business processes and get it operational. The biggest things I've seen as mistakes are not keeping a good cadence together, right? When you're in that kind of totally. project phase, like you'll continue, you'll, you have your cadences, right? You have your status reporting or you have your touch bases or your standups and everything, and then you'll get fully operational and that just kind of dies. And with it, that relationship you built can kind of die too. And you don't have a feedback channel that's going back and forth. And, and that can be a big problem. Um, out of vendor just recently, we had to kind of reestablish that relationship and say, all right, what are, what are our cadences operationally? Do we get monthly meetings set up between the different account managers and, and our IT managers and all of that stuff? So definitely a, an important thing to keep track of and make sure you don't make that mistake because you can lose months of productivity. Yes, yeah, specifically when you look at the type of implementations where you have uh, definitely a salesperson involved, you probably, you might have a customer success person involved. You have the account manager, the program manager involved. You know, there's a lot of moving parts to that stuff and there's a lot of, you know, potential agendas, obviously, and everyone wants to make this thing work, obviously, but there's not always that same pageism that all of these meetings that happened before we launched this thing versus after is there ways that you've seen to keep that cadence in a way that makes sense where you're just not you know meeting to death i i think the most important part of it is to have a very clear transition with a meeting cadences between the operational team and, and the project team um, if there are a different team in a lot of instances you've got a product manager that's involved throughout implementation and will be involved operationally for enhancements and fixes and stuff like that. So I think that's a good practice for any, any people that don't have that in place already, just having continuity the whole way through is a big part of it. And then just having clear defined like handoffs of, Hey, we're running this type of cadence. You probably don't need it at a weekly basis or a daily basis or whatever it was for that implementation and testing period. But you probably should still have that. And here's the benefits we got from it. And just having those conversations. Yeah. And building it out. I know 
some companies will have SOPs or, or AOPs, different stuff that they hand off specifically between the project team and the operational team. And that can help, but, but the conversations are, are huge and that has to happen. What are some of those like nightmare stories or, or I, I guess you could say good or bad stories that you've seen with implementations and working with vendors in your career? Probably the best vendor story I have. And, and it's a good one because I think it hits on a lot of the items that you guys talked about in the round table was one I had actually in Afghanistan when I was in the army. So I showed up to Afghanistan and, and I was working in kind of a theater level or country level network operations center. And my job was to basically work with a few different vendors and getting some lineup site communication set up between our large sites and, and some of our small sites throughout the country. And there were really only two options in Afghanistan. You had Afghanistan wireless cellular company, and you had another one that, that quite honestly didn't deliver most of the time. So you really only had one good option, but we needed it so that we could have a high bandwidth, low latency option that was better than satellite because most of the tactical locations you have satellite. So anyways, getting to the vendor story, I, I showed up and immediately found out that this vendor that was providing us over 80 links in the country, they weren't providing accurate or timely outage reports. We didn't really know what the outage fixes were most of the time. We weren't taking money back from them when they had outages, even though it was part of the contract. And just there, there wasn't a real good relationship there when we called them for updates or, or sent them an email for an update. So uh, it took a little bit of time, but we immediately started to try and repair that relationship or, or actually build that relationship, if you will. And we, we started questioning them, hey, this outage report doesn't make any sense. Why has this link been down for three days? Just asking those basic questions, right? And so it immediately forced an accountability that wasn't there before. On top of that, we started holding them accountable financially, right? So we started tracking the outages for multiple reasons, not just to hold them accountable from a financial standpoint and get back our money, but also so that we could do some trend analysis and say, okay, you're having a ton of outages because your modems just start keep crapping out, right? Maybe you guys should look at different modems and doing some of that like overall trend analysis and we'd provide a report to them each month. And so I'm sure at first they were like, what the hell are you guys doing? Why are, why are you doing this? But I think it, it actually built a relationship of, hey, here's what we're seeing. Here's how we've seen this solved in the past. You might want to look at this, right? So, I mean, that's that's truly a one hand in the pocket, one hand on the throat scenario for sure. If uh, if monetary incentives are uh, are misaligned, that's that's for sure. Absolutely. So, I mean, this this wasn't a a short process, but as we, we started to actually build a relationship where, where we were helping each other, right? It's help me help you. We, we all want the links to stay up. We all want our high bandwidth and not, ha- not to have to go back to satellite. And we want to continue paying you for that service. So here's what we'd like to see in exchange and provide us timely updates. And so I think that paid huge dividends up as we got down the road, because I could have a conversation with essentially what was our account manager there and say, hey, we've got this major link that we need in, in the next week. Can you, can you actually do this and, and make sure that he was giving me a real answer and an obtainable answer. It wasn't BSing me because I didn't want to, you know, provide bad information to our leadership in Afghanistan around what we could and couldn't do with this vendor. So just an interesting tidbit, but I think it hits on a lot of the stuff Alvina, Paul and Mark were talking about, about having mutually beneficial relationships and, and uh, really 
building that relationship or it is the vendor relationship that we don't want to see. So, yeah, I mean, I think if you're not going, if you're not willing, if you don't have the bandwidth, pardon the pun here, to put that effort into building the relationship, then it might not be worth, you know, buying the product. Do you think that, you know, we talked a little bit about like voice of the customer. Do you think that that plays, plays into this? Yeah. Voice, voice, that voice of the customer conversation was interesting. And, and so I actually wanted to provide a little background for any of your listeners that haven't dealt with SaaS solution providers or, or don't know what voice of the customer is. And it's basically a, a feedback loop for customers to SaaS providers to say, hey, we've been using your product and we think we actually want an, an enhancement of maybe an additional workflow or a dis, additional button over here or something like that, right? And one interesting thing I've seen there is you shouldn't expect like immediately just because you have a need that that provider is going to be able to meet it immediately and put it in their next release, right? They've got to prioritize that along with a lot of other things. First, they've got to prioritize it among all their customers. So it's important that you provide that feedback. So if they're hearing it from five or six people, then they know, okay, this is something we should prioritize and, and get some bodies working on. But you also have to have to understand, and, and I've seen this firsthand just over the last year that, that if they've got stability issues or some basic fundamental issues that they've got to work through instead, they're not going to be able to get to basic enhancements. And as a vendor, I think it's really important that you communicate that, right? And, and have a good balance there where you're, you're prioritizing some of those enhancements, but also making sure you've got a stable product and, and you're getting all that into your release pipeline. Uh, whether it's monthly or quarterly or whatever, and you're communicating really well to your customers what's going on because that communication breaks down and with it goes with their relationship and and then it's not a good story. So, It's a good microcosm for like what fuels f- feature creep. At the end of the day, you want your vendors or partners to have a stable system. Like stability is super important, but when you're constantly requesting feature upgrades, there needs to be some, you know, reality check there to the timeliness of this sort of stuff. Because, you know, a, a lot of us will overpromise and under deliver, you know, and that's, that's not good either. So do you have any kind of ways that you've been able to provide that voice of a customer in a way that is, you know, like value add, but not, you know, not pressing it too hard or, you know, being patient? Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, so you definitely don't want to be the guy that's crying wolf all the time, right? Like squeaky wheel to a point, but you want to make sure that they're really critical items. So having some sort of governance and and some sort of point person that determines and investigates those um, voice the customer requests from all the users is important. And then it might be as easy as just aligning that to business value that you're looking to get out of that tool and making sure that it adds additional business value that it would help everyone. And if it helps everyone at your company, then it probably helps everybody at a lot of other companies. And those requests are probably coming in in other places. So that's, that's what I'd say there was the biggest thing, just giving a little due diligence and not just throwing everything down the pipeline towards that vendor. What do you think is, have you seen any best practices around the way that that's reported to the CIO or the, uh, you know, VPs of IT or the leadership team? Because I think I would imagine that that stuff is, you know, there's a ton of feedback, but that has to be like consolidated and governed in some way. Like, have you seen any, any stuff like that? Yeah. So it it probably depends on the size of the company. I I don't think honestly, that'll 
go through the CIO or the CIO will be engaged in much of the voice of the customer stuff at, at my company. And that might have to do with just the fact that we're a 325,000 person company, right? But I think the really critical part is that the business owner of that tool or that engages with that, that tool or solution most is very engaged in that voice of the customer from that perspective. I would, I would think from at least from how I view it, the CIO gets engaged when you're having fundamental issues. You can't get the, the product stable and, and you have major defects um, or anything like that. Um, but more when you're talking about voice of the customer enhancements and all of that, that should really be run through that business partner and they should drive that process with the vendor. Any other final thoughts on uh, on the CIO roundtable or some of the some of the recent episodes that we've had on? No, yeah, I I love the roundtable. It was completely different kind of feel to it than the normal interview. Um, really interesting hearing them kind of go back and forth about the different items and challenge each other on some of them, and and pretty fun atmosphere. So. I encourage our listeners, if you haven't checked it out, go back and check it out. CIO roundtable number two. Aaron, thanks so much for hanging out and uh, you're, you're awesome. Your work as, uh, as our IT PM here in the cloud on the, and I say PM for podcast manager, uh, is excellent work as always and uh, great, to, uh, great to have you on. And now you can get back to, to skiing in, uh, in Utah. Definitely. Awesome. Thanks for having me. again to our friends at Salesforce. IT Visionaries is brought to you by the Lightning Platform by Salesforce. Salesforce just introduced the Lightning Platform Mobile, the low-code mobile app development platform that empowers anyone to easily build, publish, and manage AI-powered mobile apps for employees and for customers. Find out more at salesforce.com slash build mobile apps.